I'm going to be reading one verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 9, verse number 27. And I know many of you are praying for me right now. Pray that my voice holds out. It can be raspy if it wants to. It doesn't really matter. Squeaky, that's fine. Just pray that my voice holds out because by the foolishness of preaching, he shall save them that believe. Amen. It's unfortunate that we have got ourselves as a country in a place that every obituary puts people in heaven and every funeral or memorial puts people in heaven. We are deceiving ourselves. We really are. We're trying to soothe our conscience when we ought to be looking at reality and reflecting on who's lying in this box today so that we can work on our salvation with fear and trembling, making our calling and election sure. Amen. I know that God has the last say. I understand that. But I know his word is true. And if a person, whoever they may be, no matter how they pray or speak in tongues or worship or do good, if they're not striving to follow the word of the Lord, there's not much hope for them. And if they have not been born again, there is no hope for them. Amen. Hebrews 9.27 says this, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And you may be seated. I hope I'm not too loud today. Let me ask my wife, am I too loud? All right, good. I don't want to be too loud. Even though I want to be loud up here, I don't want to be too loud out there. Now, we all know what this is. And you all know the individual that's in this box. You all know them very well. The Bible says it's appointed unto us once to die and afterwards the judgment. That appointment means reservation. And it doesn't matter whether you made it or not. God has made you a reservation. Every single one of us, if God tarries, will find ourselves like this individual. And no matter what we have done, what we try to convince people we are, the moment we give up our last breath, our fate is sealed. Boom! Nothing you or I can do about it. And I'm sure the individual here that we all know very well thought it would never come to him or her. Though they had time to get things right. Next year, next month, when things are better at the job or at home, and the next thing that happens 
Your your, excuse me, your reservation is called. And you have to be seated, or in this case, laid. It just so happens that I've been wanting to preach this message for some time. And yesterday, I went to a memorial service of David Reed. Who is in eternity, someplace. And I remember him and his zeal for God. I remember his smile. I remember him sitting on the front row. And he didn't worship so much in the music, but boy, the preaching of the gospel got him fired up. And all I heard yesterday was about how this man had given his life to God and how many things he had did so well and there's no doubt that he is with the Lord. We need to quiet those children down a little bit, please. I realize the Bible says to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord, but that doesn't mean in salvation. And I'm doing my very best with my voice And it's very difficult, but I'm going to get this message out. Because it's important. Because in a little while, each of you will come by this box. And when you look inside this box, you will understand who's laying here. And you will understand so well how much you know that individual. And where you're living at. The Bible says very plainly in Proverbs 30 that there are four things that are never satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. Leviticus 18 and 5, read for me, evangelist, so I can save my voice. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes. Therefore you shall keep the word of the Lord. And my judgment. Wait a minute. It's not if you want to. It's not if you agree with it. It's not if you accept it. He says, keep my statutes. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> and my judgments, which if a man do. If I'm going to live the word, then I will keep his statutes. Amen. I cannot keep the word of God and not live it. Amen, amen. Talking it is not enough. Knowing it's the word of God is not enough. This individual knew the word of God. This individual had a chance to be born again. This individual was born again. But they took their salvation for granted. Thinking it really didn't matter if I pressed. It really didn't matter how much I came to church. It really didn't matter if I gave my tithe. It really didn't matter if I continued to smoke or to drink or use drugs. It really doesn't matter if I still look at pornography. It really doesn't matter. Oh, I'm going to go to heaven. You are lying to yourself. And when you die and in that box, 
and somebody of your family comes and wants me to conduct this funeral like I'm doing today, I want all of you to understand, I'm not preaching nobody into heaven. I'm not going to get up there and begin to say, oh, this individual we know made it. Now, if I know that person has the evidence of a lifestyle with God, I may say, there's a great hope this individual made it. But nobody knows who made it or who doesn't make it. But I know this, if you're not living the word of God, you will not go to heaven. You got shit in your life. When you're in this box, you are already in hell. Amen. Amen. We take our walk with God like the denominal Christians. We think once saved, always saved. That is a damnable lie from the very pit of hell. Amen. 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 And don't tell me God knows where I'm at and he understands I'm weak. All of us are weak. But all of us have a choice. We can get ourselves up, get into the book, and live the book to the best of our ability. And when we fail, repent and try again. That's why some of you need to get rid of your televisions. You need to get rid of your internet. Because you can't control it. You watch it. You let your kids watch things that they have no business watching. You think it really does no harm. Are you blind? Look at our youth. Children. Molesting one another. In kindergarten and first grade. Where do you think they saw that? In home. I'm conducting a funeral. This person is gone, but you're not gone yet. So I'm going to give it everything I've got, every ounce of voice I've got to try to get somebody to repent. You need to get some of that electronic junk out of your house if you can't control it. Some of you need to throw your cigarettes away today. God is a holy God and will not dwell in an unclean temple. There's one thing to sin and recognize that sin and be sorrowful of that sin and repent truly of that sin and turn away. But there's another thing when you continue day after day doing the same thing, when you have lulled your conscience into thinking, oh, it really doesn't matter. It does matter. Listen to me. Your soul is at stake. It is appointed unto men, women, and children a day of death. And after that, they are going to be judged. It's amazing to me how we have a few individuals, and it's increasing, that keep God's money in their pocket so they can buy things that are not godly. I know it's quiet, but that's what this individual thought. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Church doesn't really need my $20 tithe. That is a lie. 
Your $20 tithe means as much as $2,000 tithe. It is all the same in God's eyes. You better hear what I'm saying today. You better hear what I'm saying today. And I'm going to say this. It don't matter if I know what you're doing or not. That doesn't excuse it. It doesn't condone it. You're not all right. You better get right or you're going to be in that box. And your family's going to say, well, you're the member. You were a member of New Life Episode Church. Pastor White, you want to do it? I say, I'll do it. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to be forthright. I'm going to be honest that they didn't come to church very much. They were complainers. Oh, hallelujah. We need to reflect on where we're at. God hates discord. He hates sowing discord. How can I go to heaven if I'm complaining all the time about the church? Don't worry. The individual in this box cannot hear me. The individual in this box is not coming back. The individual in this box could be like the rich man. When he woke up, he found himself in hell and said, Father Abraham, send somebody like Lazarus to my brothers that they don't come to this place. And Abraham said, listen, if they don't hear the the prophets and the word of God, neither will they hear someone that has been risen. In other words, don't be looking for a miracle to get you to believe. You have all you need to believe. It is the word of God. You cannot commit fornication and go to heaven. You cannot commit adultery and go to heaven. You cannot lie and go to heaven. I'm not saying there's not hope of repentance, but it's got to be real repentance. It's got to be the kind that John the Baptist says, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Let us see something different in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Our society has gotten into a place that we think sexual activities outside of marriage, no big deal. The word hasn't changed. Oh, glory to the Lord. He said that same thing again. As we look down, Leviticus 18 and 5, I think I wrote another scripture down. I hope that I did. It doesn't look like I did, and I feel the Bible tells us very plainly in several places in the Old Testament that if you are to do the Word of God, you've got to live in it. You can't do the word of God and not live in it. And that's what this church, several of you, and the apostolic movement is doing. They're letting down biblical principles of standards, of separation. And because they feel something, because the music touches them, because they can come and speak in tongues, well, I'm all right. Some 
pastor said that it really didn't matter. You better be careful what you listen to and who you listen to. You better check out everything I say with the word of God. Because men can lie, but the word of God can't lie. I'm trying to reach for somebody. I'm trying to reach for our children. Let me just go to a place right now. A lot of people say, well, pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. All we need to do is believe. Okay, that's right. You got to believe. No problem with that. But James broke it down for us. He broke it down by saying, was not Abraham justified when he offered Isaac his son? See how that his works made his faith perfect. And then he went on to say that faith without works is dead. If I'm in the book, I'm going to have works of the book. If I'm not in the book, I have works of the carnal flesh that I'm living in. I hope somebody, teenagers, children, listen to me. If your parents won't get rid of the videos, you throw them out. There may be good Christian wholesome things, but the problem is many of us have other things we should not have in our house. And when we're gone, our children put them in and they watch them. It's not the television. It's, it's, it's not the DVD player. It's not that. It's how you are not being controlled of the Spirit. You're not being led of the Spirit. You're being led of your flesh. You will be here one day. I will be here one day. And I don't want somebody up there saying a bunch of kind words if my life didn't indicate that what I was doing was good enough for God in His Word. You understand what I meant by that? That I'm living according to the Word of God. It don't matter what they say. Oh, Pastor White was a kind man. He was a giving man. Oh, Pastor White. It don't matter about that. Tell somebody, did he live the Word? Did he preach the Word? Was his life the same in and out of church? What's so hard is the next generation coming up that's sitting on this pew. They come into this church. They're so lethargic. They really don't want to be here. They're walking around. They make 10 trips to the bathroom. Like their hair can't be combed the first time. They really don't respond most of the time. Because they don't see us at home doing what we profess we are in the service of the Most High God. I'm going to tell you, you better listen. Whether you listen or not, this sermon will be called back and replayed when you stand before the Lord. Do you realize that the grave is full of teenagers and children? Some of you have grandbabies there. I have one there. I know we didn't bury him in the him or her in the grave, but technically that's where they're at. Listen to me. Today is the day of salvation. 
You know why a lot of people don't respond anymore? Because their heart is so hard. They get offended when I preach this way. They get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. If you got to get mad at somebody, get mad at God. He wrote it. I'm just a spokesman. I'm telling you, thus saith the Lord, get your life right. I'm going to go on to say something that a lot of you, I know, it's not going to sit well, but I'm going to say it. If you are an adult, 18 or older, and you're living with someone, a family member, and they're sinning, and they're polluting your home, you either need to get them out or you need to get out. Don't worry about hurting their feelings. You got to save your soul. There's the door. If you don't get rid of that junk, you need to go. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God. We got an appointment. I can start calling your names out. I can start, and really, the things that stress us out and worry us are really not as big a deal as where we're at with God. That should be the first and foremost on our mind. Do I need to pray a little harder? Am I, am I slipping a little bit? Do I, do I need God to get a hold of me a little bit? I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. There are days and weeks and months when I'm saying, you know what? i just not where I know God wants me to be because I'm not where I want to be. So I begin to press a little bit more. I begin to seek God a little bit more. I begin to fast a little bit more. Listen, there are millions of Christians today sitting in churches that think they're all right, but the scripture said, Jesus said it, marvel not, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. He said that to Nicodemus. He said that if you're not born again, you cannot see, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus didn't understand it, so Jesus broke it down. Marvel not, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. And once you're born again, sweet pea, you still got an obligation to live the word of God. Jesus stressed to him that this is a must. You see, there's two kingdoms. Listen to me. There's only two kingdoms. There's one of darkness and there's one of light. The devil rules that of the dark. God, of course, rules that of the light and rules the devil who rules the dark. That's the only way he can deliver us. If he wasn't stronger than the devil, he could not deliver us. His kingdom is supreme. We've got to understand that when born, when one is born of the flesh, it's physical, coming through the mother of a mixture of ambiotic fluid in their own spirit. But he says you have to be born of water, baptism in Jesus' name, spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking with another tongue. 1 Peter 3 tells us very plainly that baptism 
which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. They were what? Saved by water. They were what? Saved by water. Read on. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. It does us. what? Now save us. Baptism in Jesus' name is essential to salvation. You cannot be saved without it. I don't care if you speak in tongues or not. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you have not been baptized of the water. You have not been born of the water. And there is no way you can go in. Baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It clears my mind. You know why we have so much condemnation? Because we're not doing the things we know God wants us to do. That's where condemnation comes in. Amen. Instead of allowing conviction to come in, which was there, conviction has to come before condemnation. Right, right, right. Oh, that was good. Yes. That was powerful. Absolutely. You can't be condemned without first being convicted. That's right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whew, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Can we read just a few more scriptures? Romans 6, 3 and 4. Listen to this. Romans 6, 3 and 4. I hope I gave it to you. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Into who? Jesus Christ. Into who? Jesus Christ. Doesn't say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost there, does it? No, it sir. says into Jesus Christ. Were baptized. Into his death. Keep reading. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. By what? Baptism. You see, I'm buried with him through baptism. Into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead. I should be raised up. By the glory of the Father. But he didn't tell us to stop there. Even so, we also should walk. In newness of life. Amen. What's happened to us? Where we condone situations in our life, in our home. What's happened to us? What's happened to us? Have we gotten so stale, so caught up with this world, so caught up with the almighty dollar that we cannot understand that our soul is in jeopardy? You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because I know many of you, I know, and some of you I don't know, but it's got to be true. I know some of you are doing things that is going if you don't change and you don't repent, I'm talking repent, you are going to find yourself in hell. And if they ask me to do it, I may preach it just that way. Somebody's got to get the fear of God again. Somebody's got to understand hell is real. That girl ain't worth it. That boy ain't worth it. That job ain't worth it. That child ain't worth it. That vice isn't worth it. That pleasure isn't worth it. Somebody needs to be like a Moses who choose not to enjoy the pleasures of sin but suffer with the children of God for a season. There's more scripture about baptism, but I don't have the time. 
Listen to Romans 6 and 9. Staying in the sea. Hey, this is what the normal world used for salvation. The Roman road to salvation. That's what I was told. They forgot to go back to the book of Acts where it all began. This is just a letter to those that were already born again. This is not instructing people to be born again, born again. This is a letter saying, listen, when you were baptized, no, you're not, you were baptized into Jesus' name. Listen to what Paul wrote. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Amen. For, for in that he died, he died unto sin Let's go once. back to verse number. I want to go to verse number six, Brother Phillips. I'm sorry. Go to six. We need to start from a little bit further back. I know some of you are very uncomfortable. Because you're trying to convince yourself that everything's all right with your life. You're trying to convince yourself that you're doing things to try to keep peace. And all it's going to do possibly is send both of you to a place you don't want to go. For to be carnally minded is death. Is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know why the church is not having so much peace? You know why we have so much turmoil? Because we're not in the word. And if we were in the word, walking in the spirit, we would have life and we would have peace. Amen. Go ahead. Because to be carnal minded is enmity hostility. against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. That's why preachers are having such a hard time preaching today. And that's why many of them begin to compromise to keep the people there. To keep the tithes coming in. That's why they begin to let down their standards. And they let down, well I better not preach. That's Sunday morning. I better not preach this. Hey honey, me, I'm going to preach whatever God tells me to preach. With whatever energy I got to preach it. Whatever fire I got to fire. Whatever look I got to give. Because your soul is at jeopardy. Your big sister can't save you. Your big brother can't save you. Amen. Your mama can't save you. Your Amen. daddy sitting on that chair will not save you. Amen. Preaching won't save us. Doing the word of God. He says, be ye doers and not hearers. Amen. Go ahead. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot please God. You cannot please God and rob God. You cannot please God and puff. You cannot please God and shoot. You cannot please God and pop. You cannot please God and snort. You cannot please God and drink things that are intoxicating. You cannot Please God, having a relationship outside of marriage. You cannot please God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. But ye are not in the flesh. Praise God, I'm not in the flesh. I was born again close to 30 years ago when I saw the truth. I immediately got baptized in Jesus. I already had the Holy Ghost, but I wasn't keeping nothing from that water. Remember, I've already been baptized twice in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. Nothing lightning, nothing, you know, to write home about. But it was okay. But oh, when I got baptized in Jesus' name, if you truly repent, this will happen to you. Uh-huh. <sighs> Something happened. Amen. Something happened. There was a newness. Yes. <laughs> there was an experience that really words can't describe. 
there was an illumination on my face. There was an illumination in my soul. Why? Because I took on the name of God, the only one that can give life. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But in the spirit, if so. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Nowhere in that book. Nowhere. You look at, I challenge you. Nowhere in that book does it ever say anything about a sinner's prayer. That came by men. That came by evangelists. So they could get a name. If we're not careful, apostolics are doing the same thing. They have a big crusade. They don't even know. Oh, we had 40. They don't know whether they had 40 received the Holy Ghost or not. And how many of them are going to live it? Oh, glory to God. Do you understand? The day that you came for Owen's graduation. And you meant it. Don't expect nothing from me. I know you meant it. And God said, okay, she said it, but I'm going to have the last word. And you got baptized that same day. The next day, did you get the Holy Ghost? Yeah, Monday night when we came over Bible study. If my memory serves me, I am getting up in age. I've seen people over and over again, the same testimony. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in a van coming to church to baptize them and nobody around them all of a sudden speaking in tongues. But they're not in church today. They're not living for God today because they've allowed some situation. Oh, they treat me bad. Oh, I can't get along with people. Oh, the pastor preaches too hard. Oh, this and oh, that. (coughs) What you going to say here? What are you going to say here? Jesus, they treated me bad. Well, they treated me bad. <laughs> Jesus, they rejected me. Well, I got a newsflash for you. If you'd have read, they rejected me. Jesus, they have crucified me with their words. They talk about me and gossip. <laughs> well, they did a little bit more to me. They nailed me to a tree. You can't reign with him if you don't suffer with him. I know that this is not popular preaching, but I'm not a popular preacher. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to preach it with everything that's within me. I'm going to give an account why some of these young people and these children didn't make heaven their home. Lord, I told them. Lord, they were once living it. But they started doing this at home and playing this game at home and started having some type of idol of a sibling or some type of idol of a young adult. And the next thing you knew, God, they were more worried about their appearance and their heart. Oh, my God. We got children today that are more worried about what they look like than what their heart is. I ought to pray. I ought to pray and ask God all these males that are more vain than they are sold out to God that God would take away their hair. I didn't get a lot of amens there, but that would be... The elder looks okay. (laughs) 
then would you be self-conscious? You try to wear a hat in here. <laughs> and I wouldn't let you. Then you'd have to seek God to get your hair back. Okay. All right. I'm going to add that to my prayer list. God sent forth lice. Y'all don't think God is able to do that, do you? No, I I think y'all just underestimate the power of God. How much He loves you. You think He's cared about that hair that's going to just turn back to dust? Some of you, when you get a little older, you're going to really have a hard time because you're going to be one of those men, because there's more of them than not, that are going to start getting hair loss. And you're going to have, you're just going to freak out. You're going, ah! And you're going to spend all kind of money. Oh, can you give me an implant? Hey, can you do something here? Can I buy this device to stir my... <laughs> oh, Pastor, you're just saying that because you got hair. I'd say it whether I had it or not. Who knows, one day I may come in here with a burr like Brother Lewis. Or Jacob. I have been to teenagers' funerals that were killed prematurely and the church said, oh, they're with the father. They are not. How can you be involved in drugs and selling drugs and expect to go to heaven? You say, Pastor, haven't you said enough? No, evidently I haven't. Evidently I haven't preached this enough. Evidently you got to know you got to be born again. The church of the living God needs to get back to old-fashioned apostolic preaching. That either run them here or run them out there. One of the two. Either run here or run there. Because if you sit here, you're going to hear it. Let me just take that, what the devil just told you. I love you whether I preach hard or not. I love you so much, but I'm going to tell you one thing about me. I have made up my mind. I'm going to do my best to follow the Word of God and to preach the Word of God. I've already said most of these scriptures, and so my daughter will come. It's time. You know, most funerals, you have a time of coming and viewing the body. And that's what we're going to do. Because you think there's nobody in here. But there is. And I'm going to open this up. And you're going to come right here and you're going to come right through here. And you're going to look in there. And you're going to see who it is. And you're going to realize, I didn't know that person had died. It's appointed to meet you. It's appointed. It's appointed. It's appointed. You're going to die. Keep living the way you are, and you might die sooner. Parents, how much do I have to preach to you for you to make a stand at home? For our leaders to come to prayer at least one time. 
They can't hear me. I didn't disturb them. We're going to a Christmas banquet tonight. We're going to smile and laugh and have a good time and okay. Well, we should. But one day you're going to be crying. One day you're going to be crying. You're going to say, Pastor White, tell me they made it. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to say, look, even if I felt confident they did, I wouldn't tell you. I may say I feel I feel like they had a good chance like my mama, but if I know they didn't, I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry. Just like my daddy, I'll tell you flat out, he didn't make it. And if my youngest sister don't get right with God and get her life right with God and are born again, she's not going to make it. And my niece and nephew's not going to make it. And my brother's son Colton is not going to make it. And my other sister's son Kevin is not going to make it. You cannot love the world and love God. You cannot be a friend of this world and be a friend of God. You cannot serve you and God. Brother Brown. Brother Brown knows who's in here. That's why I'm asking him. Straighten up the body, Brother Brown. If we could, over here. Let's all get in a line. Play something, daughter. Right out here. You can come by and shake my hands. Isn't that what they do at funerals? They come by and shake the preacher's hand. I don't know why. <laughs> and I want you to take a moment. And I want you to look and see who's in there. Come on. Come on. Take a moment. See who's in there. That's where you're going to be. Just like that person. That's where you're going to be. Just like that person. It's coming. You got a reservation. Do what you feel led to do. Everybody come by. Children come by. One day, you're going to be there. And I'm going to be officiating your funeral if I'm not gone already. <laughs>